Welcome to the Unearthed Man podcast, the journey of becoming a conscious man. Hey all, Stephen here and welcome to episode 55 of the Unearthed Man podcast. As a result of my current consulting client, um, I was actually required to fly to Sydney for a few days. Now on my return, I had a window seat and whilst listening to a podcast that featured my beautiful wife, Jackie, I found myself looking down through the minimal clouds at the changing landscape as it spread out underneath. What immediately came to mind was a sense of wonder as to what the land must have looked like pre-colonisation. What I could see, there were now pine forests for logging, cleared farmland for sheep and cattle farming, you know, with man-made dams, and a number of quarries used for sourcing rocks, sand, and whatever other materials that, you know, they've come out of those. So it also had me thinking that this, that this view from the sky never actually existed pre-colonisation. So, therefore, the, the, the understanding of the landscapes, the mountains, the rivers, the natural lakes and the water catchments had to be experienced directly actually from the land. This also included the active management of the land to ensure the plant, animal, bird and insect life all remain in harmony with the traditional custodians of this land. So it saddened me to think of what has become of this beautiful country and the loss of the knowledge of the traditional landowners and how to manage it effectively and efficiently. This is why I'd like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples and pay respects to the elders past, present and future as they hold the keys to the ongoing survival of this great southern land. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome aboard. If you're one of my regular listeners, then certainly welcome back. I really appreciate your ongoing support. I hope you had a chance to listen to last week's episode with Nico. It was really good to chat with him again and gain some great insights into his journey. Now, a few things to run through before we kick off with today's guest. Firstly, we now have an active Unearthed Men community made of men who are willing to support and be supported by other men. This is growing week by week, and I'm really excited with what's happening in that space because we're getting more and more men wanting to sign up and feel part of a men's community. So if you're a man or an of a man who is seeking his tribe or his community, then please use the link in the show notes below to sign up. Alternatively, you can send me a message via any of the social media channels. Secondly, it'd be great if you can subscribe to the podcast via your preferred app and also leave a review. The quickest way to enable the podcast to become more accessible around the world is for it to receive a five-star review and actually move its way up the charts. By doing this, you're also acknowledging and thanking my guests for their time, effort, and wisdom. And finally, I'm taking expressions of interest for my eight-week men's program. My men, the empowerment program. So if you have that deep inner feeling that there must be more to life than this, or you are constantly feeling irritated, frustrated, and have lost track of who you are, then this may be the program for you. If anything, we can at least jump on a call and see what I can do to help. So as a reminder, though, I'm only taking 10 men into each eight-week program this year. Therefore, if you are interested, then click the link below to join the wait list, as it is definitely filling fast. Okay, on to today's episode. I had the pleasure of meeting this man at a gathering he and his colleague were facilitating on beautiful Jaja Warung country in central Victoria. I found him to be warm, generous, and engaging. He describes himself as a husband, father, songman, musician, mentor, and founder of Living Learning Australia. He loves his wife and children and is passionate about his music, practicing Qigong, the natural environment, his community, his cricket club, and sitting around the fire in the bush with other good men, helping them share, shift, transform, and find their true connection. 
This last one I can certainly testify to, having sat around the fire with him now on numerous occasions. We've also spent some time out in the water surfing, surfing together, which is on our list to do again soon, I'm sure. So welcome to the Unearthed Man podcast, Andrew McSweeney. Hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm very well, Stephen, and really good to see you and good to be with you this morning. Yeah, no, it's a real honour to um, to have you come on to the, the podcast. Um, having met you at uh, the Gathering Men, um, we didn't mention that in here, but uh, you, you know yourself and your colleague Brett um, run this beautiful men's group called uh, Gathering Men, and uh, yeah, having that chance to have met you face to face at at the first gathering I went to, which was probably now November twenty twenty one, I think it was the one I actually came along to, um, and it was such a, an amazing experience and. What I liked about that is how open and honest you were um, about where you're at with your life and the journey that you had been on. And, and I felt that that just, in you being willing to share your journey, actually made it so much more comfortable for the men um, that came along. So as we know, part of this podcast is to talk through these journeys. And um, yeah, so I'll hand it over to you, Andrew, as to your journey and um, yeah, how you came to where you are today. Sure. Okay, where do I start? Um, well, I guess if it's, if it's around, I mean, a big part of my life is music and uh, I've, I've um, played music from a very young age, as long as I can remember. I played music from, from a, um, when I was nine years old, I learned to play piano until I was about 13. And then um, <clears throat> I, and I, I didn't enjoy it. I stopped playing and, and then my, brother, my older brother Paul asked me to play, band, play keyboards in his band so I did that, and that was like a whole other world of of um, discovery. Suddenly, I was playing music that I was connected to, and with um, people a bit older than me, which was really exciting, and and playing music that I knew and knew the sounds of, and then creating those sounds of the songs that I knew and songs that I loved. Whereas when I was playing the classical, I didn't have any appreciation uh, for mm. the music. I remember being in a grade three exam, and this piano teacher, the instructor. And I always just played enough to get by, you know, and the instructor said to me, um, she said, oh, so uh, she asked me about the composer, it was Bach, and and I knew nothing about Bach, and she berated me for not knowing anything. And I was just sitting there thinking, I'm done here. Mm. I don't, this is not fun. And now it's got even worse. Now I'm getting a hard time for it. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, once I was learning um, my sex songs or um, or whoever it was that we, we were learning back in the 80s, um, or the monkeys, or the Beatles, or the Rolling Stones, and um, and then and creating my own parts. It just there, something came alive in me, and then it was just about getting through school. Even through school, in high school, my, my main role was main objective was to find a bass player and a drummer. Right. <laughs> That's all I was trying to do, so I could play my own songs, and which I did, and uh, and I've and really I've never stopped. But I've but I've, at the same time I've. Um, had varying levels of success with with music and um, and then also becoming a father um, realized that okay you know I remember there was one one week I had um, three gigs we, we had a couple of kids and I had three gigs and um, and then the next week I had no gigs all the gigs disappeared I'm like eh, okay this is not really going to work um, bringing up children and of course. You, Stephen, you know what it's like. Uh, once, once um, I became a father, um, ev- everything changes. N- nothing. Mm. What I thought was important um, 
isn't important anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, my priorities completely shifted. So um, my, my priority was to care for my children. So once things weren't, uh, once I wasn't working, then I'm like, okay. So, but I had some great mentors in the late 80s and uh, one in particular, her name was Sue Gillard and, I, and she um, I was playing in a band called The Running Bears through the 80s. And we were, we were a local, we were, you know, um, famous in our own, Lunchbox, whatever that was. We played around Melbourne. We played like we played six nights a week, and we played to um, full houses six nights a week, and literally twice on Sunday. Wow! It was a '60s cover band, and it was a, it was a real. It was just this serendipitous band that just took off and was a, a whole. For I was like 17, 18 years old. For and for, for me, all my friends were going overseas and traveling, and I was like, oh my god, I'm having so much fun here. I'm not going anywhere, you know. <laughs> But it was a it was a lot of fun, and it was it was actually too much fun. It I kind of it burnt me out. By the time I was twenty twenty one, I was really burnt out from that. Okay. And luckily, I met um, I met a woman, this woman Sue Gillard, and she this the Running Bears band was employed to tour schools, and um, and we'd go to a school and we would work with teachers. And I was by then I was probably nineteen and um, mm. or twenty or something like that, but. And she would always, I became her go-to. So I, she taught me very, very quickly in, in a very short time how to, how to educate, how to teach. She taught me to go into a room and just tell people what I know. And, and the way she just, and, and then she would say, then she would um, support me. She said, oh, that was really good. And, and now go and do it about this. Tell them about how you write a song. Tell them about how you sing that song. Tell them about how you play bass. Tell them about how you play guitar. Tell them about how you manage your own band, whatever it was. Yeah. So it was just fast track to be an educator and be a communicator. Okay. And it was really the lesson was just talk about what I know, tell them what mm. I know, and and share what I'm doing. And uh, so and that that then be, I then realised when I when I um, started to lose those gigs being a father, it was like okay, I've got to think laterally here. Um, and and this whole workshop thing worked well for me. So then I started the parallel, really, to support my own addiction of playing my own music. Was I created the business, which was originally called Living Music. Then it became um, Living Learning Australia because we included uh, Jackie's work around environment and and both of our work around well being. Okay. And I've recently I've changed the name of the school, um, similarly to to. Uh, that transition from playing classical to playing in a rock band, um, I realised that um, I needed to change the name from the School of Living Music to the School of Loving Music because that's what it's all about for me. Mm, beautiful. And then, and then um, yeah, I'm not sure where to go from there, but uh, I think um, and then at the same time I've always been inquisitive and I've always been, um, my mum used to say that, um, I used to have always had a sense of what was going on around me. Yeah. So, um, um, so, so I started to um, look at, uh, you know, do things like I remember my wife. My wife did back when one of my daughters was born. My wife was Jackie was doing yoga, and I just looked at her and thought, "Wow, you 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 seem different because you're doing yoga." This was in the late, in the mid to late nineties. So I went and started doing yoga, and then um, just because I could see how it helped her, how how mm-hmm. it changed her energetically without realising what it was, but I knew something was going on. And then that started me on a path of then self-reflection. And then um, and then about 20 years ago, um, I, I went to a thing called a shaman's doorway, a men's retreat, 
And um, really, that really blew my mind down in Tasmania at my sister's property. And they introduced me to that whole concept um, of, uh, of self-awareness and what was going on for me. And it was my rite of passage because it, it then, uh, then I was in my early 30s, but I was not, you know, there were things that needed to change. And okay. uh, through that process did change. Yeah. But, so um, on a pause there, just probably there's a couple of things just to to, to maybe double back on there. Um, so you spoke about, you know, the music and the family, you know, and as you said, <clears throat> there's a thing that happens where, yes, priorities change. So those important things of, you know, fraternising and drinking and partying and everything else, which seems the most important thing in the world and have these great social communities and then your family comes along and you realise how precious, you know, mm-hmm. our kids are. One of the things I often see, though, is, is there's that where people then go, they flip all the way from what was their passion to now I have to do everything for my family and start to give up their passions mm-hmm. and, and start to find that they get lost because the thing that brought them joy and family brings you joy, but there are, there's also that thing that we still need as men, as mm-hmm. an inner driver. So is there is there um, anything that happened with you in that space? Because you said now I don't have gigs and everything else. But how you sort of did you lose that passion for a bit, and then you got a bit lost, or how did that work for you through that time? It's such a good question because I meet a lot of musicians who who say to me, "Yeah, I used to play, but then I became a father, and or I became a mother, or whatever, whatever and I became a parent." And I I've never understood that. Um, personally, and mm. I had a com- the same conversation with a mate many years ago, and he said, "Yeah, but you lived and breathed it," and and um, I, and I did. I know I did. I mean, I, I'm I'm a songwriter. I hear songs all the time. I write songs all the time, and and I love singing them. I've got a gig today with a mate around the corner at a brewery, and I did had a sing last night at a kirtan. I just love it. I just love it so much. So I, that was never going to change. But I remember, I remember a moment. The moment I realised that. Not, not the exact moment, but around the time I realised I was becoming a father, um, which was so amazing, such an amazing thing, and and, and it was unexpected too. We, um, so so we were we were just so excited. It was like wow, here we go. And but I remember being aware of and having that conversation with Jackie around. Okay, but you know I, I was I was I guess I was expressing my fear, and that was okay. But I don't want to end up. In a in a warehouse working full time doing a job that I don't like, mm. or anywhere doing working full time in a job that I don't like, and and it was I was actually speaking to myself I guess really, as a as a young man in my in my sort of mid mid twenties mid to late twenties I was twenty six when I became a father, and um, so I had that presence of mind to to say okay I'll, I want to retain myself and then at the same time my brother bought me a book. Um, Oh, it's escaped. It escapes me now. The Alchemist. Nice. Um, a very popular, very well-known book, and that book really, really cemented that concept of maintaining my passions through maintaining and maintaining myself through through fatherhood and through and through um, providing for my family and 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 being in relationship with my wife and also being in, in, at my work, having that balance, and I've. And that's 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 been um, something that I've really um, I was going to say fought for, but I haven't fought for it. It's 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 happened, you know, pretty easily, and I've been very fortunate, and I'm really grateful for for the work 
for the work that I do with my business and and um and it was in all of that you know it's like when when I made that decision it's like um I've been working with this guy Darren Eden recently and I've learned that that often um people talk about uh trusting in the universe you know uh the, the universe will give me signs I'll trust in the universe well I don't I don't subscribe to that anymore. And not that I really did. There was something about that that didn't ring true with me, with trusting in the universe. And and what I've learned since is that if I've got a clear sense, clear vision of what I want, what it is that I want to do, then I'm not waiting for the universe to tell me. It's The universe is actually coming through me instead. And, and I can then choose which direction I take. And then the universe will provide what I need. If things will it'll 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 collaborate it'll, it'll work towards supporting my vision and um and so that's what was happening there i was really clear about okay this is what i want to do so then i started to realize that i could do so much more with my music i realized a lot of things with when once i started that personal journey i realized I realized that the reason I was playing music, uh, uh, for me, it was about getting famous. It was about being famous to then get my parents' attention so then they would love me more. So then okay. I would they loved me, right? That old thing. So, um, which is common, you know, for, 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 for uh, people to, for people to do. Anyway, it was, it was common for me. And uh, so once I realized that I was doing that, I'm like, okay, right. Then it, a lot of things changed. Uh, one was I came back to playing what I loved, I'd lost track. I came through music, playing music in the 80s and 90s, like on the music scene, where the whole idea was to get to a record company and then a record company will make you famous. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, once I realized, re- made that realization of what my intention was, that, that, that I was putting the, the uh, cart before the horse, it came back to me playing, really focusing on the music that I love. And then one, once I did that, then I realized that, I can do so much more with my music. So then I started to um, move into that area of community music and and working with all sorts of people in all sorts of ways using music mm. so as a as a healer and as a connector, you know. Yeah, I, I, to just go back on on um, the point you touched on with with parents and and where that is that the the the, the desire or need to be seen or to be heard you know, and, and what's that path that we actually take, you know, in some cases it's perfectionism, in some cases, it's, you know, it's fame. Mm. And in other cases, it's actually to be seen, to be heard, is actually to become the rebel, you know, to actually you know, go down the other path, you know, on the basis that sometimes any attention is good attention, whether it be bad or good, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And so, you know, has, having our parents talk about us in a bad light, at least they're talking about us. Yeah. So, so, um, as you went through that path of realization, like how did that relationship work out with your parents? Like, was there a point where you just said, "Hey, I don't need to do this anymore"? Or you had a conversation with your parents, or like, how, how did you work through that dynamic? Because mm. one of the themes that's sitting with me at the moment is this concept of you know anchors or chains, and it's this whole thing that we, every, all this stuff in the past, we've got like a chain connected to mm. it. And they mm. might be small change, but if you have enough small change, you, you just get blocked and you can't move forward. 
And so sometimes these things about, you know, I'm still holding on and I'm still trying to be seen and trying to be recognised by, by my parents, which is just another chain that's actually mm-hmm. potentially holding us back. So where are you at with, with that just out of interest? Yeah. No, it was never a conversation I had with them. It was just a – it was an energetic shift in myself. It was understanding why I was – why I was setting the coordinates I was, you know, mm. why I was visioning for the things that I was, which was fame, um, which was being famous, which was being known. Uh, and then once I realised, oh, God, and it was such a relief to me, I was like, oh, God, because the path I was on was very hard, was very frustrating. It was a struggle. Mm. And there was no flow, you know, so it wasn't happening for whatever reason. Um, I was I was probably delusional about who I thought I was and and that I, why I thought I could be that person, you know. So it was more of just a stopping in my tracks, going, "Oh God, what am I doing, heading down that path?" And then it's and then it was like, "Okay, well, which path would I like to head down?" Mm, yes. <laughs> let's 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 change it. Let's make it enjoy an enjoyable path. Let's just mm. shift it. And so and now. I've learned learning more and more that um, or it's becoming more clear that what I was doing was um, then choosing what I, more of what I would love, um, which which created a lot less stress and a lot less struggle, and then it, brought, it sent me more. It sent me inward. It sent my focus then became inward, and then what I would. Uh, so then my music uh, changed. Um, what I, how how I played, and then my intention around the music changed. I don't I didn't care. I don't care, yeah, right. you know, if, if no one ever heard it. <laughs> and then it was a matter of then now for me now, like I, I'm loving what I'm doing so much that I don't care, but I'd love to share it with you. You know, it's like, oh, man, listen to this song. I really love this song. I reckon you might like it too. Yeah. You know, it's very different focus. Yeah, I, it, it's, an int- it's an interesting one on that, um, and particularly when you talked about the universe and that, you know, People say, "Hey, I'm just going to trust the universe, and all the signs will start to appear." And then, you know, then I've, I follow them and lead them. And I know you and I have had some dialogue about this outside of this podcast. And um, the <clears throat> there's a view that you know, where we are today is due to the thoughts we've had in the past, type of thing. So we've landed here today. Now, as to whether that was trusting the universe or that was, "Hey, here's what I'm passionate about. This is what I really love, and this is what I want to do. And therefore, based on what I want to do, here is where I want to get to." Mm-hmm. Um, to a degree, yeah, and, and and I'm with you on the fact that yes, if we are in tune, mm-hmm. it's not about trusting the universe. It's actually about channeling that universal message and then saying, "Well, here I am now, and where do I want to go? And what's my thought pattern that's actually going to get me to where I want to go?" And I think, for me, for any man or anyone else that's listening, add on there, it's you get to choose that every single day that you wake up. Absolutely. You know, so if you can, and as you said, like. As you're trying to force things, how do I get? How do I become a you know a superstar, a rock star, famous? How do I get the record label deals and these sorts of things? And it's living this this level of force. Ultimately, there's all these chains that we're still holding you back as to the rationale as to why you needed that. Mm-hmm. And we can actually choose to cut the chains on any Absolutely. given day. Just acknowledge where we are today, and 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 create a new thought pattern and say how we're going to move forward. Yeah. It's easy to say that. Not easy to do, as, as you and I would know, right? It's, no. it's not like it's easy to do, but it is like anything. You know, anyone who becomes a pra- practitioner, like I've, I've seen you play guitar and I've seen you sing and everything else, and the ease at which you do it didn't come overnight. 
It's because you've now dedicated 30, 40 years of just putting in the time and the effort and the practice and going along. And it's the same in our lives. Yes, that thought pattern doesn't change overnight, but if it's something you start to actively practice every day, it's going to start to get you down a path we want to get to. Um, thoughts on that space? Well, that's that's absolutely right, and um, and it's it's called practice. Whether it's whether it's uh, the guitar and singing, or whether it's waking up in the morning and and deciding which path am I going to take? Am I going to head down the path of? And, and yes, it's super easy for me to say, um, uh, and it's very hard to do. But that's why we keep practicing it. And uh, and do I? I'm fully aware now. Uh, like I, I'm. I'm 55 years old and time is flying by for me really quickly, whether it's a day or a week or I've just spent a month in Tassie and, and when I got there, I'm like, geez, I'm here for a month. Suddenly it's gone and mm. suddenly I'm sitting here talking to you. And so I'm really aware that every day when I wake up, it's like I make that choice of, okay, today, and, it, you know, the day for me has has a moment of, of sometimes like, fuck, this day is just going to go forever. You know, but I am also, but I know that it's not. I know that it's going to be over in a split second, and I and I sometimes sit with that that conscious that that conscious thought of, all right. So how do I want this day to look? This is this is my choice right here and right now. What am I going to do? And my, and my question to myself now, which overrides those chains and and completely releases those chains for me, is, well, what would I love to do? Mm. You know what would I love to do now, and and so that and then so it's then it, it's grounding in the action. You know, like what would I love and what would I love to do? Would I love to go and sit in the backyard and read a book? Would I love to go and visit someone and sit with? Nah, I don't really feel like doing that today. Um, whatever it is, because because I'm really aware that in that moment it's my choice about how my day is going to be. If I and that's the practice. Either if I stay at this, and it's the it's very the the sign that points towards struggle is really big, and it's and it's a comfort zone at the same time. It's a really easy sign to follow, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and whereas the other one, that thing of there's a there's a resistance in me to oh fuck, what do I love? Who fucking cares about that? <laughs> Who cares? What it, you know, it's like and there's there's that internal struggle, and, it's, and then it's a, what I'm learning is acknowledge. Acknowledge my my thoughts and feelings. Acknowledge my beliefs and assumptions. Just acknowledge them. Go to innocence. Go to go to love. Go to what would I love, to, and then ground it in what would I love to do. Mm. And that and there's and there is the um, that's when that whole thing of when I'm when I'm asked when I'm going to innocence, which is giving myself love, and when I'm going to love, then then the love is coming from me. So then the question of what would I love to do, that's when, for me, that's when those signs in the universe appear, are appearing because they're appearing tuned into where I'm, where I'm pointing my, my needle, my direction, how, you know, what's, what's, what my will is calling mm. me, me to. You know, that's, thing, that's when things start to um, lighten up and words that people say or things and, and, and that's, when, um, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and, and thanks for sharing that. And the one thing that came to mind as you're talking through that was um, the the difference between being in control and being in a victim status for me was a bit about um, 
I am who I am because of my conditions is the victimhood type of thing. Mm-hmm. The I get to create my conditions. So how my conditions look around me is more the I'm in control of what I'm doing and how I actually want to move forward. And as you're saying, it's that every morning it's like, what would I love to do? Mm-hmm. And what am I going to go out to? What am I actually then actively going to do? So it's okay to wake up in the morning and say, I would love to be doing these sorts of things. I'd be love to playing guitar. Back up and hop in the car and make your way off to, you know, somewhere else. Um, you know, so as in you hop in the car and drive off and you didn't pick the guitar up. It's like if that's what you love to do, create the time. And time's an amazing aspect. Um, I've been doing, you know, looking into things and there's a view of like the, the Newtonian time, which is, you know, time is the same for everybody all the time. It's one second, it's 60 seconds, it's 60 minutes, it's one hour, it's 24 hours. Like that's just fixed. But the Einstein, and which means that people feel that they, they don't get to control time because it's actually something that's external to them. Whereas if, if you took the Einstein view of the world, which is around relativity, time is relative. So as you said, you went to Tasmania. If if you went to Tasmania for four weeks and, and were digging in the mines, which is something you never really wanted to do and you had no interest in it, mm. that'd be the longest four weeks of your life. That's right. You, you go four weeks to Tasmania in a beautiful location and you're on holiday and next thing you know, you're back home having a conversation with a podcast because it's all relative to the joy and the happiness and, right. and, and how we're actually seeing things. So I think for anyone who goes, I don't have enough time for my passion. I don't, I used to be a musician. I don't have enough time to bring that back in my life because, you know, I've now got my nine to five job and my career and my wife and my kids. It's like, no, no, no. You're just choosing mm. not yeah. to create the time and you're actually not seeing that where's the boundary you can set and how can you actually bring that joy back into your life, which makes you a much more joyful parent, a much more joyful, you know, um, partner and, and everything else that goes around with it. Absolutely, and 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 it also it can makes you it makes you more joyful. All those things, but it makes you and it makes me when when we're in that state, when we're vibrating like that, probably piss a lot of people off. A lot of men in particular, because they because it's it is it is difficult to break out of that struggle, and and it's the repetition, it's the practice, it's mm. it's the continuing just to try it, just to sit with every moment. Like when I sit, well, what am I going for breakfast? What am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for dinner? What am I going to eat? What, how many coffees am I going to have? What about that drink? Just being conscious of the food I'm eating, the, the way I'm spending my time, because th- those things are all affecting. So, so it's, and that's what I've found. I mean, that's the one of the biggest challenges with gathering men is that, is that, um, uh, which is what Brett, Brett Allenport and I do, and how we met, is that when we, when we bring that vibration of, um, yeah, man, I'm fucking loving life. I'm doing this. I'm doing this and this this. Um, well, they it 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 actually pushes it repels, um, and mm. and that's that's the cha- that's the challenge. So it's it's easy for me to sit here and say, "Yep, just go and do this," but you know, there's a guy, probably some guy who's just flicked off the podcast five minutes ago because because that's what I said. He's like, "Nah, I'm out of here." Yeah, you know? that's right. That, that's um that's our challenge with the work that we do is 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 um to how how do I and you know I mean, you know how do I get more men to come to a gathering? Um, but then that's that's really me in a rescue mode. That's what I've also recognised too. So I don't I'm not interested in it anymore. Now it's just like now my focus is on um, 
just just on on creating a really great event, something that, something that I would love to do, something that I'd love to be part of, and just seeing a whole lot of men there, and then and then talking about it and telling people about it, um, without without that without the energy and the vibration of uh, man, you should be there, and put me pointing the finger. It's just like yeah, I'm doing this and I love it, and um, and you are most welcome to come along, mm. and uh, and hope that that. Um, uh, yeah, that, that that men will, because it's about with men. You know, hopefully that men will will will, will find that yes, because it because it's, you know, it's it's about how do we get how do I just get under that armor of a of a of a just just penetrate the the the, the cracks between the armor to for, to get in to to then to then take the armor off um, yep. of another man and just for him to say yeah look yep. I, I, I see that and I think that would, you know, I'd like to come along. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I hear a lot of men saying, and a lot of women, to be honest, but, but a lot of men saying, I wish I could do that. You know, so we, we recently, as you said, you came, you helped me celebrate last year my birthday. You know, we're now living down in a coastal town and that's where we went surfing together. You know, people go, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. It's like my first question is, why not? Oh, well, you know, my kids have to go to this certain school and my kids have to do this and I have to do this and I've got this job. And yeah, and we rattle off all of these these reasons, none of which are actually true. All of them which are just a level of excuse that we're creating to live in what our ego wants us to do. And, and you alluded to it earlier, our ego wants us to be miserable. Our ego wants us to live in this mundane, lockdown, super safe, never taking a chance in life world because that's what our parents told us we had to do and that's what society says we have to do. Heaven forbid, you know, you just pack up and go and do something. You know, education is education. You know, I, I, I still chuckle having worked in the corporate arena for 30-odd years about this, you know, to apply, you know, you need to have a uh, a degree, which is mm. really funny because I've never, ever, ever interviewed anyone, said, by the way, can you show me a copy of your degree or even ask them what their degree was about, right? But it's on every application. And, and so this thing we get so caught in about, you know, how educated people have to be and, you know, I have to go to the best schools to get the best leg up in life or mm. not everyone needs to be a lawyer and a doctor and a corporate person and, and you know, and these these high-end roles, we, we can just be people of service and, and musicians and artists and everything we want to be without all these certifications and everything else. It's just question all the rationale, all that's what I'd say, question why you think these things are so important to you and are they really that important? Yeah, well, that's right. And, and I mean, unfortunately, it's a bit like um, me wanting to be the rock star. Um, we... We seem to base our life success on on not everyone. I don't, um, but some people do on the sort of job we have, how much money we're earning, the sort where we live, where our kids go to school, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's um, you know that 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 really I think that creates well I don't know because it hasn't for me, but I, I see that it that it went that path creates disharmony because eventually people realise that. You know, um, I, I heard this great interview. It was a musician, a Melbourne musician, and it was on Triple R. And I was listening to him, and uh, and he was a musician, very successful musician. I, I didn't know who it was. <clears throat> he didn't say who it was, and then he just talked about how he he um, 
they had their first band and and then they got some songs. They got a record label and and then basically in a few moments he just explained how they went from a, a local Melbourne band to the top of the charts in America, and it was Chris Cheney from The Living End, mm-hmm. and and then he said he said this most amazing thing. He said, and you know what? He said at no stage, at at, at not one stage of our, of our success did we stop and and have any um were we were we self fulfilled with <laughs> with the success we've had it was it was i was just, it was astounding to hear it and of course i know it because that's not where it comes from we're looking mm. for that we're looking for things um we're looking for love externally and we're looking at through we're looking at it through earning more money we're going to find more love you know um all of, and get more get more degrees get more status get more success find more love well guess what there's love's not in those things <laughs> It's absolutely spot on. Yes. And and it's and it's that often it still comes back to get that love I never had when I was growing up. You know, so there's two aspects of love. There's like the love I'm seeking from a partnership and and a relationship moving forward. But it's still the residual was I'm trying to do all these things because at some point, and you alluded to it earlier about yeah, your parents, at some point. They'll say, oh, my God, I can't believe you got your record out there. That was the one thing that made me go from conditional love to unconditional love. Thank God for that. Now you've ticked the box, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And and and, and, and I, keep, I would have kept looking for it. And you're right. That's the, it, it is that love. And and I know as a parent, um, I know as a father, that that I didn't know how to give that love. I gave it and, and I, I love my father's passed now. My mum's still alive, and I love my parents. And I know that they—they, they, of course. I mean, Stephen, there's no question that you, you, and I—the most important things on the planet, and the things we love the most are our children. That's <laughs> just there's no question about that. But it's still something that, as a parent, even though my child is the thing that I love the most on this planet, um, I haven't. I haven't passed that on to them <laughs> fully. You know? Like what the yes. what the hell's happened that we haven't I, that I haven't been able to do that? And 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 of course, I think that I have because mm. you know my 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 dad was um, he's he was a great you know his love language was a, were de- very different. He didn't know how to speak it. He did he wasn't he didn't know how to um, he couldn't tell you the words, but he sh- certainly showed you that he did in all of his actions. Mm. And how he how he was and how he was with us. He was a very affectionate man, um, and uh, yeah, and so it was all there. He was doing he was doing his best, and he was loving us as he thought he could. As as and and he, should, he just would have presumed. I mean, if, yeah, there's no question. There's no question of how much I love my children, but that doesn't mean they're not receiving it. <laughs> I- yeah, absolutely agree, and that's a journey I've been on. Like my parents were slightly different, just completely unemotional. You know, every every emotion was shut down in you. You, know, you couldn't be loud, you couldn't be angry, you couldn't be sad, you couldn't be overly joyous. Like it was just, you know, how do we have almost this, as Billy Connolly calls it, how do we just be beige? You know, let's have a beige lifestyle where everything is just, you know, contained, yeah. not too high, not too low, not too left, not too right. And um, yeah, and so yes, that has taken me a long, long time to you know come out and you know just be able to be comfortable to give my kids a hug and say i love you all the time when we're on the phone and and everything else and i think the one thing i realize and i'm realizing and i need and still working through that is that 
for every aspect where I do not unconditionally love myself, I cannot unconditionally love others around me. So, so, so that's something I'm working on is uh, right. Where, where am I blocked in handing out this, even though my kids know my loving, but where's that barrier to that and my partner and, you know, the men in the community and, and the people that I work with, wherever there's a block, that actually block is where I am not loving something about myself and how do I actually work on me? And that's my signals to me. Okay. Here's where I've now got to go and do the work so I can learn to, remove that condition on who I am. And if I remove that condition, then it doesn't sit between me and the next person that I want to be able to have that, uh, that love relationship with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's right. And so, and, and what I've learned, um, what I'm learning is that, that I can give myself love. Mm. And when I do that, when I give, when I go to my innocence and when I give myself love, which, which has been, so my practice for the last over a, over a, oh, almost eighteen months or a bit over a year is working with Darren and 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 he has he's learned a practice where that's what that's the premise the whole basis of it is to give myself love and then and then move from there because once I've given myself love I'm no longer looking for it anywhere else mm. because if, if until I give myself love I'm only looking for it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And what follows love is joy and happiness and peace. So it's the, so all the things where we can't find that internally for, yeah, it absolutely comes back to that, that constantly being willing to Mm. crack those little walls that we build around our heart that, Mm. that where the true love actually does come from. Definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's not as, as, as I've learned, as Darren has taught me, that's, that it's, this whole thing of going to love and then what would I love? It's it's strategic and it's tactical. So there are days I'll go to work. I'll, I'll be sitting in my office at work and and I'll I'll sit there and and as soon as I as soon as I feel that the that I've got there's strong emotions there or I'm, I'm shitty or I'm feeling a bit depressed because these things these feelings haven't gone away they're still there but it's what I do with them mm. you know when I'm feeling those things I I'll then stop myself and I'll I'll then stand back almost from myself and go, okay, I'm shitty. Okay, I'm depressed. Okay, I'm angry. All right, so what am I going to do with that? All right, so then I'll go through that process of just acknowledge my thoughts and feelings, go to innocence, that innocent um, boy, that's an innocent child that's in every one of us, go back to that, which is basically giving myself love, go to my heart, and then and then I feel my whole body just relax and then and, and and be filled with love and joy, as you say. And then I then ask myself the question, okay, what would I love to do next? And it, and then within moments, I, I've been I've been sitting at my desk and I bounce off my seat like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go and pick up that guitar and play that song, or I'm gonna call that guy. I'm so excited. And what happens is that that tension that's in my body, the tension that's in my body with the with the um whether I'm, whatever I'm feeling, those strong emotions, um, it disappears because mm. the tension's resolved in moving towards what I would love, and and suddenly I'm I'm like I'm a different person, and I'm just like wow okay let's go all right let's do this okay and I'm just fully motivated and excited and inspired. Uh, I love that, and yeah, and that's why we keep going back to the word practice, right? There's a daily practice that's in that, and it doesn't mean it's a difference between a daily practice and a daily routine. Routine can be I'm just going through the motions, like I got up and I did my minute and I did this and I did this, I had my breakfast and I ate healthy. 
But the practice is, as you said, it's that emotion comes up. And I think the key difference in people was that sometimes they go, the emotion came up. What I did was I found a distractor for it. So if I was angry, I did some online shopping. If I was angry, I've scrolled through Instagram. If I was angry, I tried to find that external piece, um, which is actually a distractor patterning as opposed to a practice, which is, okay, as you just said, and I love that. I'm feeling really agitated and angry. I'm just going to observe what's happening with me here. <clears throat> Why is that going on? And allowing it to be there. And then, as you said, just going, what what do I need to do for myself at this point in time to be able to acknowledge that, that that's okay and it's all good and then convert that because it's, it's that still view that, you know, emotion is energy emotion. Mm. So it's, it's how you actually grab that energy, which is coming up as anger or frustration and how do we actually, and, and I love that you talked about the alchemist mm. because alchemy is all about how do I turn lead into gold it's like, how do I turn the the energy that I'm feeling through anger or frustration into that of love? Mm. Like that's the true Absolutely. alchemy of life, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's that's what it is, and that's what's going on, and, and that moment, and it's it's really at, well. I could have it, before I before I started working with Darren, I would be walking around the house, um, especially coming out of lockdown. That's how I mean Jackie started working with him first, but that's how um, uh, we got onto we started working with him because we were I, I, and I was walking around the house just walking from room to room, you know, like aimless, as a lot of people were at that time. It was mm. hard not to be, but then um, I, I didn't have a mechanism for for just acknowledging it and shifting it. Because that's that's what it is. It's stopping. I mean, it's 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 also. I guess it's yeah. Like I said, it come, we, it, as we have been saying, it comes back to the practice of of just trying it and and um, observing what's going on in me, stepping back. And you know, sometimes uh, I've been practicing that for a long time, and it's and it comes really naturally to me. It's as natural for me as as. Um, singing and writing a song is tuning into my intuition and and my instinct. That's something that I know that I, I just have really strong in me. Not everyone has that. So if you don't, and and, and I know that when when I was in my early thirties, um, the reason I went to started to start to do the men's work because my intuition told me that I I, I wanted to seek out men uh, that I found I was already surrounded by men of quality but there was something I wanted to seek out more in men I really wanted to find out that men of quality and emotion and 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 um, which what I, which is what I've done and, and now I've created an environment where men can men can do that mm. and so yes it's about the practice but it's also about um, good practice because there's also bad practice you know it's like or or, or practice that's going to work practices that's not going to work and and that's where, for anyone who's like listening to this and thinking, well, that's all well and good. What do I just go and sit and work out how to do this? Well, yes, you try that, and also you seek out places where networks. I mean, they're, if they're already listening to you, Stephen, then they're already doing that. Mm. Um, but then you s- seek out, and it's it's very hard for a man to go and spend four days in the bush sitting around a fire and not be honest with himself. 
I can testify to that. <laughs> and, not, and not stop and say, what's working for me and what's not? You know, and that's the beginning of the practice. For, for some men, it's the practice is actually just whatever, find your thing and keep doing it. Like if it is, if it is a gathering men event, you keep coming. You keep coming to come every year. Some men used to, oh, there's been men who came every year for like five years, every event. And, and then what happens is they then that sort of leverages to a point where they go, oh, okay, yep, yep, I've got it now. I don't, I don't really need to do an event because I've got this now. I've got it. I, my life is not perfect, but, but, I, but I have a handle on taking responsibility for my decisions and the directions that I'm taking each day. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the one thing, the great thing about the the three or four day events that um, Andrew and Brett run, uh, yes, <clears throat> there is plenty of time where you are just with yourself and you can't hide. Like when you're out in the bush, you basically you cannot hide from yourself and, and what's coming up. There's some excellent tools that um, the men give you to be able to walk away with. So when we talk about a practice, you actually get to use them during the event, and then there's things you can get to, to take away and. You know, one of the things that happened for me is that I had gone in, um, I think November 21, and then I went back in, in March 22. And um, the, the the key thing that came up with me between the two different events, and people have now noticed on the podcast I'm now introducing is, hey, it's Stephen here. It's no longer, hey, Milvo here. Welcome to the Unearthed Band podcast. Because my coming out was the nickname Milvo, as much as I like it, and it's an affectionate name, and, and I still love people calling me that. It was also another mask that I was actually sitting right. in behind. I hadn't come out into the fullness of that who I was, and um, I talk about it a little bit at, that in the introduction to this season. And so it, it, that's what happens at these events. It's just a you you allow Andrew and Brett allow people to just, I suppose, to a degree that they've created that beautiful safe container. And, and, and enable you to go through the process of allowing the layers to slowly strip off. And, you know, it took me a couple of events, you know, and, and we're talking about, you know, the ones that are coming up, which we, we'll talk about when we look to close out. But, you know, it's that same thing of just is going to the events. It's, you know, I think you leave an event and go, that was great. I don't need to come back. And then mm-hmm. another event comes along and goes, actually, I think I probably need to go back. You know, another four days of solitude in, in the bush <laughs> is probably going to be really handy for me. That's right. Well, that's right. And, you know, um, that whole thing of like if I was a man listening to what you just said and, I, and I'd never been to any of these events, I'd, I, I I might think I would imagine a man sitting uh, or a man or a woman because the, there's a gathering of women as well, um, a, a, a person sitting there thinking, well, that sounds terrifying, sitting there for four days and having the time to, 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 to really see what's going on for me. And, and yes, and it might be terrifying, but but once we get through those layers, and for a lot of people it's not terrifying, even if it is working through that terror, then there's only love there. Yes, <laughs> there somewhere for, my, for 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 the majority of the men that come along at the end of it, they go, "Hey, I'm actually a really nice guy. I'm a, and <laughs> I'm a really good man. Yeah. Or you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loving father. I am." I'm a, a loving husband. I'm a I'm a really good. I'm a, I'm a I love what I do. Or 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 they reignite their love for what they do. It's whatever it is. So it's so I'm I'm kind of speaking to that that person who's listening right now who's who's um, you know shitting themselves because of because what we're talking about and they're thinking, well as I did. I mean I, I, excuse my language on this, but as, as I did, I also did that. I I 
shit myself. And then I realized I had to go. So the two realizations, the first men's thing I went to, I went to that that process of like, oh, I'm terrified, but I know I have to go. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know I'm called to this, and I and I said yes to it. And saying the big the big yes, saying yes to it, um, is is that they're the um, they're those life those life changing stand up stand up moments, and and there's so much gold. Yeah, you know, like there are some men now that um, that will come to those four days because that's how they press the pause button on everything that's going on. They're not even there really to, they're, yeah, they're kind of yes, they're there to explore and yes, they're to re re you know refocus, um, um, sharpen their lens, all those sort of things, and and also just to press pause on everything else because it's very hard to refocus and sharpen my lens when I'm when I'm busy. When I'm busy, busy, busy all day, every day, and um, and I'm not happy, you know. But there's nothing more liberating than turning up to the the event where these guys hold it and actually just throwing your phone into the glove box and knowing that you're not going to see it for four days. Um, it's actually it's amazing feeling. For some people, that is that's the terrifying piece because that that that's what they hold on to. The yeah, the other thing I would say to to any men who are listening to the podcast or you know want to show interest in in the Gathering Man or any other men's programs or workshops, yeah. the choice you have is to turn up and actually just leave and go. Well, that was crap, and walk out the door and go back to your old life. Mm. Nothing, just don't change. You, mm. you might have spent. 200 bucks, 500 bucks, 800 bucks, or whatever you, you might have gone to spend to come and do these sorts of things. The worst case is that you walk away with the life that you've currently got. Now, whether you like that or not, it's up to you, but that's you, you don't go backwards. That, that's the key thing about it. You cannot go backwards by going to one of these sorts of things. You actually just make a choice going, yeah, back to my, just go off and just maintain seeking happiness externally to me and blaming everybody else for my life because that's much more comfortable for me. Cool. Go and do that. Um, the upside is that it's highly unlikely that's going to happen. <laughs> and somewhere along you're going to have one of those fucking aha moments. You go, fuck. <laughs> and you walk out with a snippet like a small crack opens. And that's all it has to be, a small crack. And then you go, cool. Maybe there is a different journey to this. Maybe I will actually listen, find another podcast that men are talking about stuff. Or maybe I will just go to this other slightly different workshop or Maybe I will investigate sound healing or Qigong or, or yoga or maybe there must be something else to some of these more ancient practices that mm. maybe I have been missing that could bring a little bit into my life. And mm. then you just start a small practice mm. and then another small practice and mm. another small practice mm. and then you start to evolve. I mean, that's, right. that's how I started. Yeah, That's how Andrew started. That's how most of the men who, who come on this podcast just went through it. There was someone in their life said, look, let's give it a crack. Mm. Yeah. That's right. You're going to be alive. It's okay. And and every time I've gone, by the way, for those that uh, you know, I think that in Australia, that every time you go bush, you, you know, you're either going to be chased by crocodiles, snakes, yeah. or sharks. Um, you know, that I we've never seen a snake at this beautiful property ever. Um, <laughs> the, the the elders of the land, you know, past, present, and emerging, have constantly looked after us, weather wise, and in relation to you know what's on the land and what's around us and everything else. So, you know, it's just a it's a beautiful, amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, um, give it a crack's a good line, actually, because when you give it a crack, that's where the light gets in. Um, <laughs> that's right. And it's it's a friend of mine uh, said uh, it's it's 
the guy Craig who came to one of the gatherings, he's a local mate of mine, and he um, he said it's about just shifting the Titanic just a few inches. <laughs> Makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I would um, I would say I mean I, I, we don't do this, but I, if if some guy turned up and, and you know I would offer a hundred percent money back guarantee if if at the end of it he didn't have some sort of shift. If there wasn't some sort of change, if there wasn't some sort of lift, little shift in a, a few inches, which is, which, um, you know, the amount of times that someone, whether it's on a gathering or, or even just whatever, a close friend says to me, ah, oh, I've got to chat about something else. Just don't worry, it's, it's just something small. It's, it's never small. Those, those, we might think they're small because, because it's something that I don't really want to share. It's just, I think it's a little thing, but it's actually, the thing it's massive and it's the th- and it's the thing that 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 potentially is the thing that needs to be talked to about and and shifted and the only way that we can uh, shift these things whether they're small or large is to is to talk about them is to and and I mean, you know, as you said earlier, whether it's gathering men or whether it's um, unearthed man, whether it's whatever it is, find something, find some way, um, uh, you know, whoever's listening, find some way to to find a place where you can share those things safely, you know, and and, uh, and do it without booze, you know, and and if you can do it in the bush because around a fire because it's just it's becomes more and more comfortable and acknowledge the land you're on do all that sort of stuff so then it just it it deepens the whole experience and then and that's when the transformation and the change can happen but it it has to begin with um having the strength to say yes and having the strength and the courage to express what's going on for me beautiful i i love that um Normally, I would close out with, hey, Andrew, have you got any wisdom that you'd like to share with the men? But I think that I'm not going to actually go down another path unless you've got another cracking piece of wisdom. Because I think what you no. just spoke about then was was so perfect and, and so spot on. Um, the only thing I would add is, man, that whisper, that little voice in your head, that thing that goes, there's something not quite right, that mm. is just the tip of the iceberg, but you'll have to listen to it because mm. that's what the Titanic ran into, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you've got to, you've got to be aware of what's sitting underneath. It's what's underneath that is actually going to, you have to work through and, and be aware of because that's what can create the, the challenges that you may have later on in life. So that's listen right. to the tip of the iceberg. And, and there is something else I will add to that. That's right. So important because if, if we don't put, if we don't talk, if I don't talk to it, then it's still sitting there. It's not until I talk to it, and that's when I find that if it's real or not. That's when I find that if it resonates. When the when I actually hear the words out of my mouth, often often just saying those words, it releases it, and it's and whatever was sitting there is gone. And I and I, I, I've I've felt and said things. And then I've then I've sat and gone. You know what? That doesn't even feel like it's mine, and it's just gone. But it's not gone until I've put put something said said something, you know, or and then there's the other side of it. Yes, it's the beginning of a bigger story that needs to be told. Um, so it can be both, and we don't know until mm. until 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 it's said because we also hear what we are saying. I hear what I am saying, you know, and it's very hard to do it on my own. <laughs> it's much more powerful with at least one other person there. 
Uh, absolutely agree. And and I think, you know, I, I know we're sort of like to wrap it up. There's been dialogue recently and I've had with others about uh, the are you okay day and, you know, and it's a bit of a thing about, you know, I, I put out something recently that was just a, if a man tells you he's okay, he's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. And, and so there's this th- th- exactly in, into that, which is around find someone when you go, they go, hey, you going? You go, look, there's a few things going on. If they're the, come, we'll just go down to the pub and have a, let's have a drink. You'll be right. We'll get over it. That's mm-hmm. not the guy you want to have a chat to. No. And if you want to find that person, then there's plenty of connections if through this podcast. There's plenty of people who can reach out. Andrew, he'll, I'll have his details in there, myself. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who will just get on the phone with you and mm-hmm. go, how are you really going? Yeah. No, yeah. no, seriously, how are you going? And we'll be willing to listen. And that's what happens at Gathering Men and that's what happens in all of the, the men's workshops and not the woo-woo workshops and all of this sort of spiritual stuff is just being heard and seen as a man. Yeah. And it's something that we all crave, yeah. and but we choose to hide it away from ourselves. So, yeah, I, I can't reiterate any more than yeah. find that people or that man that you can actually have that deep conversation with. And uh, you know that guy that that says, "Yeah, mate, let's go down the pub." What I, what what I've um, done recently with that sort of thing is because that tells me something that maybe that guy needs this more than me. So my response is, "Oh no, let's have breakfast." Mm. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, and as long as they're not ordering a Bloody Mary with their breakfast, exactly. then, we, well, then, then there's a definite conversation to be had. Exactly, for that's sure. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, you've been very generous with your time, um, Andrew. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know, you, I'm David. not sure what time your gig will be on today, but uh, I'll let you get, make sure you get enough food and drink to, yeah, to go and enjoy that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know, from the bottom of my heart, you know, you, you're a man attended into my life, and I just have much love for you, much deep respect for you, and and I feel a great connection with you. And so, um, you know, pretty much after the first gathering i'd like to to you and i know brett's coming on later on say hey guys i've got this podcast i'd love you guys to come on you know Mm -hmm. and so you said yes and that was awesome so it's great to have you on um wish you all the best with um loving learning um the the the, the new music business (laughs) i i love that 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 slight change that's awesome um and also with the gathering man the work Mm -hmm. that you're actually doing um it's just really amazing so andrew Again, um, much love and care to you and and thanks for coming on and and having a chat with us today. Thank you, Stephen, and lots of love to you too. And and well done and thank you for all that you're doing. Really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. All right, we'll chat soon, mate. Cheers, mate. So all, uh, that's going to give us a bit of a wrap on episode 55. As I said last week, it's so great to be back in the the host chair and just having these wonderful conversations with these beautiful men again. It's a... we, we spoke into what, what brings joy and I've realized in the last 14 months what brings me joy is this conversation I get to have every week with a man who just drops some beautiful wisdom and we just get to really connect and, and, and to a degree it's a some sometimes it can be a therapeutic session for both of us in having that conversation because we get to talk about some things so um i'm just going to wrap it up there andrew's an amazing man um as you've heard he's just beautiful soft caring 
Um, so yeah, if you get an opportunity to go and catch up with um, him and Brett on the Gathering Men stuff, that'd be great. Or even if you're a musician, um, come and check him out. Um, I'm sure he'd uh, he'd take you on board. And if you said, hey, can we just uh, jam together? I'm sure he'd jump on board and say absolutely anytime. So. Um, as you know, you can find me across all social media channels, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Just look up for Stephen Milverton. Um, if you are keen to uh, learn more about the upcoming um, eight-week men's empowerment program, uh, just reach out. Um, the link will below to put you on the wait list. We'll, have, we'll then reach out, give you a call, and have a bit of a chat about where you're at and uh, what we can do to, or what I can do to help you out. Um, so that's it. Closing up episode 55 of the Unearthed Man podcast, sending you much love, care and peace.